This is an audio version of Progress on Causal Influence Diagrams by Tom Everett, Ryan Carey, Lewis Hammond, James Fox, Eric Longlois, and Shane Legg. It's from the DeepMind Safety Research blog and is included as one of the core readings in the AGI Safety Fundamentals course. About two years ago, we released the first few papers on understanding agent incentives using causal influence diagrams. This blog post will summarise progress made since then. Heading, what are causal influence diagrams? A key problem in AI alignment is understanding agent incentives. Concerns have been raised that agents may be incentivized to avoid correction, manipulate users, or inappropriately influence their learning. This is particularly worrying, as training schemes often shape incentives in subtle and surprising ways. For these reasons, we're developing a formal theory of incentives based on causal influence diagrams, or CIDs. Here is an example of a CID for a one-step Markov decision process, or MDP. The random variable S subscript 1 represents the state at time 1, A sub 1 represents the agent's action, S sub 2 the state at time 2, and R sub 2 the agent's reward. So this diagram has three different kinds of node. There are chance nodes with the states in them, like S sub 1 and S sub 2. Decision node, the action taken at time 1, here A sub 1, and the utility node with the reward received at time 2. R sub 2. There are two different kinds of line. There are causal links, which are solid lines, and there are information links, which are dotted lines. So the first chance node with S sub 1 in it is information linked to the first decision node with A sub 1, or the first action. And that first chance node, S sub 1, is also causally linked to the second chance node, S sub 2. So that first chance node is causally linked to the second chance node, so S sub 1 is causally linked to S sub 2. And S sub 1 is also information linked to A sub 1, the first action the agent takes at time step 1, which is a decision node, which is in turn then causally linked to S sub 2, the second chance node. And then the second chance node has a causal link pointing to the first utility node, R sub 2. The text goes on. The action A sub 1 is modelled with a decision node, square, and the reward R sub 2 is measured as a utility node, a diamond while the states are normal chance nodes with rounded edges. Causal links specify that S sub 1 and A sub 1 influence S sub 2, and that S sub 2 determines R sub 2. The information link S sub 1 to A sub 1 specifies that the agent knows the initial state S sub 1 when choosing its action A sub 1. In general, random variables can be chosen to represent agent decision points, objectives, and other relevant aspects of the environment. In short, a CID specifies agent decisions, agent objectives, causal relationships in the environment, and agent information constraints. These pieces of information are often essential when trying to figure out an agent's incentives. How an objective can be achieved depends on how it is causally related to other influenceable aspects of the environment, and an agent's optimization is constrained by what information it has access to. In many cases, the qualitative judgments expressed by a non-parameterized CID suffice to infer important aspects of incentives, with minimal assumptions about implementation details. Conversely, it has been shown that it is necessary to know the causal relationships in the environment to infer incentives, so it's often impossible to infer incentives with less information than is expressed by a CID. This makes CIDs natural representations for many types of incentive analysis. 
Other advantages of CIDs is that they build on well-researched topics like causality and influence diagrams, and so allows us to leverage the deep thinking that's already been done in these fields. Heading. Incentive concepts. Having a unified language for objectives and training setups enables us to develop generally applicable concepts and results. We define four such concepts in Agent Incentives, a Causal Perspective, linked here. Value of information. What does the agent want to know before making a decision? Response Incentive. What changes in the environment do optimal agents respond to? Value of Control. What does the agent want to control? An instrumental control incentive. What is the agent both interested and able to control? For example, in the one-step MDP above, for S sub 1, an optimal agent would act differently, that is, respond, if S sub 1 changed, and would value knowing and controlling S sub 1. But it cannot influence S sub 1 with its action. So S sub 1 has value of information, response incentive, and value of control but not an instrumental control incentive. For S sub 2 and R sub 2, an optimal agent could not respond to changes, nor know them before choosing its action, so these have neither value of information nor a response incentive. But the agent would value controlling them, and is able to influence them, so S sub 2 and R sub 2 have value of control and instrumental control incentive. Here's a diagram that centres on A sub 1 and highlights things from that perspective, so S sub 1 is labelled as value of information, response incentive and value of control. And R sub 2 and S sub 2 are labelled as value of control and instrumental control incentive. And the relationships between all these nodes are the same as in the previous diagram. In the paper, we prove sound and complete graphical criteria for each of them, so that they can be recognised directly from a graphical CID representation. See previous blog posts linked here. Value of information and value of control are classical concepts that have been around for a long time. We contribute to the graphical criteria. While response incentives and instrumental control incentives are new concepts that we have found useful in several applications. For readers familiar with previous iterations of this paper, we note that some of the terms have been updated. Instrumental control incentives were previously called just control incentives. The new name emphasises that it's control as an instrumental goal as opposed to control arising as a side effect or due to mutual information. Value of information and value of control were previously called observation incentives or intervention incentives, respectively. Heading. User interventions and interruption. Let us next turn to some recent applications of these concepts. In How RL Agents Behave When Their Actions Are Modified, linked here, we study how different RL algorithms react to user interventions, such as interruptions and overridden actions. For example, Saunders et al. developed a method for safe exploration where a user overrides dangerous actions. Alternatively, agents might get interrupted if analysis of their thoughts, in quotes, or internal activations, suggests that they are planning something dangerous. How do such interventions affect the incentives of various RL algorithms? First, we formalise action modification by extending MDPs with a parameter PA that describes action modification. We then model such modified action MDPs with a CID. So here's a more complex CID. It shares the basic structure from before with S sub 1 leading to S sub 2. S sub 1 causally influences R sub 1, A sub 1 and S sub 2. A sub 1 causally influences R sub 1 and S sub 2. And then from S sub 2, we now have causal influence pointing at R sub 2 and at A sub 2. 
and A sub 2 in turn influences R sub 2. So tacked onto the bottom of this structure we have another set of boxes, P sub A which is causally influencing A sub 1 and A sub 2, and is information influencing a box that's labelled pi, and pi itself influences A sub 1 and A sub 2. The text goes on. Here we model the agent's policy pi as the decision rather than the actions A sub I, as the latter are not under the full control of the agent, but can also be influenced by the action modification P sub A, as represented by arrows P sub A to A sub I, and pi to A sub I. The agent might know the interruption scheme P sub A from interruptions during training, so we include an information link P sub A to pi. We analyse different prototypical RL algorithms in terms of the causal assumptions they make on the environment. Black box optimization algorithms such as evolutionary strategies take into account all causal relationships. In contrast, the update rule of Q-learning effectively assumes that the next action will be taken optimally, with no action modification. This means that Q-learners ignore causal effects P sub A to AI. Similarly, SASA, or SARSA, with the action chosen by the agent in the TD update, assumes that it will be in control of its next action. We call this version Virtual Sasa. Sasa, based on the modified action, Empirical Sasa, ignores the effect of action modification on the current action, but takes into account the effect of subsequent actions. We can represent the differences with the following CIDs. The extra policy node Pi for Empirical Sasa. The extra policy node Pi Prime for Empirical Sasa represents that actions are optimised separately rather than jointly. And there are three different causal influence diagrams here, one for black box optimization, one for Q-learning and virtual SASA, and one for empirical SASA. And while the bulk of the structure is the same, the differences have been highlighted. Black box optimization is the diagram previously described. Q-learning and virtual SASA are the same, but the causal link between P sub A and A sub 1 is missing, along with the causal link between P sub A and A sub 2. And in empirical SASA, just the causal link between P sub A and A sub 1 is missing. And also we have an added pi prime, as mentioned above, which causally influences A sub 2. The CIDs can be used to understand how the different algorithms adapt to interruption via a graphical criterion for path-specific response incentives. Black box optimization tries to both obscure its policy and to disable its off switch, whereas Q-learning and virtual SASA do neither. Empirical SASA tries to disable the off switch, but does not try to obscure its policy. We verify these results empirically in the relevant AI safety grid worlds, as well as in one new environment where the agent has to behave well in simulation to be deployed in reality, where black box optimizers exhibit treacherous turn-like behavior. The results are a generalization of Orso and Armstrong's interruptibility results for Q-learning and SASA. Zooming out... These results are a good example of causal analysis of ML algorithms. Different design choices translate into different causal assumptions, which in turn determine the incentives. In particular, the analysis highlights why the different incentives arise, thus deepening our understanding of how behaviour is shaped. Heading. Reward tampering. Another AI safety problem that we have studied with CIDs is reward tampering. Reward tampering can take several different forms, including the agent rewriting the source code of its implemented reward function, that is wireheading, influencing users that train a learned reward model, that is feedback tampering, and manipulating the inputs that the reward function uses to infer the state, that is RF input tampering or delusion box problems. 
For example, the problem of an agent influencing its reward function may be modelled with the following CID, where RF sub I represent the agent's reward function at different time steps, and the red links represent an undesirable instrumental control incentive. And so here we have RF sub 1, the agent's reward function at different time steps, causally influencing the next time step, and S sub 1, also causally influencing the next time step. Both of them have information links to A, which has been highlighted here. And now A has a causal link to S sub 2, which in turn has a causal link to R sub 2, but A also has these red-marked instrumental control incentives, one flowing to RF sub 2, and then in turn from RF sub 2 to R sub 2. In Reward Tampering Problems and Solutions, published in the well-respected philosophy journal Synthes, we model all these different problems with CIDs, as well as a range of proposed solutions, such as current RF optimization, uninfluenceable reward learning, and model-based utility functions. Interestingly, even though these solutions were initially developed independently of formal causal analysis, they all avoid undesirable incentives by cutting some causal links in a way that avoids instrumental control incentives. By representing these solutions in a causal framework, we can get a better sense of why they work, what assumptions they require, and how they relate to each other. For example, current RF optimization and model-based utility functions both formulate a modified objective in terms of an observed random variable from a previous time step, whereas uninfluenceable reward learning, such as CIRL, uses a latent variable. And here are two diagrams being contrasted. The first, use previously observed variable, for example, current RF optimization, And the second is use latent variable, for example, cooperative IRL. So both of these diagrams share a particular structure with S sub 1 leading to S sub 2, the information linked to A, and then the causal link from A to S sub 2. They also share the fact that S sub 2 leads to R sub 2 with a causal link, but they differ in this RF step. So the first, the use previously observed variable step, has RF sub 1 leading causally to RF sub 2 and R sub 2, and it has an information link from RF sub 1 to A, whereas the second one simply has RF, which leads causally to R2, and there are no information links flowing from RF. As a consequence, the former methods must deal with time inconsistency and a lack of incentive to learn, while the latter requires inference of a latent variable. It will likely depend on the context whether one is preferable over the other, or if a combination is better than either alone. Regardless, Having distilled the key ideas should put us in a better position to flexibly apply the insights in novel settings. We refer to the previous blog post for a longer summary of current RF optimization, and that's linked here. The paper itself has been significantly updated since previously shared preprints. Heading Multi Agent CIDs. Many interesting incentive problems arise when multiple agents interact, each trying to optimize their own reward while they simultaneously influence each other's payoff. In Equilibrium Refinements in Multi-Agent Influence Diagrams, linked here, we build on the seminal work by Koller and Milch, linked here, to lay foundations for understanding multi-agent situations with multi-agent CIDs, or MACIDs. First, we relate MACIDs to Extensive Formed Games, or EFGs, currently the most popular graphical representations of games. While EFGs sometimes offer more natural representations of games, they have some significant drawbacks compared to MACIDs. In particular, EFGs can be exponentially larger, don't represent conditional independencies, and lack random variables to apply incentive analysis to. As an example, consider a game where a store, Agent 1, decides, that's D superscript 1, 
whether to charge full, F or half, H price for a product depending on their current stock levels, X. And a customer, Agent 2, decides, D Super 2, whether to buy it, B or pass, P, depending on the price and how much they want it, Y. The store tries to maximise their profit, U Super 1, which is greater if the customer buys at a high price. If they are overstocked and the customer doesn't buy, then they have to pay extra rent. The customer is always happy to buy at half price and sometimes at full price, depending on how much they want the product. The EFG representation of this game is quite large and uses information sets, represented with dotted arcs, to represent the facts that the store doesn't know how much the customer wants the gadget and that the customer doesn't know the store's current stock levels. Audio note, this diagram is a complex branching tree that begins with X at the top and then has one half and one half marked on both sides, then down to two Ys, which split again, then to different Ds, which split again, then to different D super 1s, which split again into a set of different D super 2s. And there are many other labels and then dotted lines arcing all over this diagram. It is, as the text describes, quite complex, and I won't describe it further here. The text goes on. In contrast, the MACID representation is significantly smaller and clearer. Rather than relying on information sets, the MACID uses information links, dotted edges, to represent the limited information available to each player. So this is an MACID representation. It is considerably simpler. It only has six nodes, with a node X feeding information into node D super 1, and causally linked to U super 1, and a node Y on the other end, feeding information into D super 2 and causally linked to U super 2. D super 1 is causally linked to U super 1 and U super 2, and information linked to D super 2. And in turn, D super 2 is causally linked to U super 2 and U super 1, and has no outgoing information links. And the two U's, U super 1 and U super 2, do not have any outgoing causal links. The diagram also contains some formulae for deriving U1 and U2 as a function of DX and Y, and more information about the constraints of D super 1 and D super 2 being price and the decision to buy or not. Another aspect that is made more clear from the MACID is that for any fixed customer decision, the store's payoff is independent of how much the customer wanted the product. There's no edge that leads from Y to U super 1. Similarly, for any fixed product price, the customer's payoff is independent of the store's stock levels. There is no edge from X to U super 2. In the EFG, these independencies could only be inferred by looking carefully at the payoffs. One benefit of MACIDs explicitly representing these conditional independencies is that more parts of the game can be identified as independently solvable. For example, in the MACID, the following independently solvable component can be identified. We call such components MACID subgames. And this is the component that has Y, D super 2, and U super 2. You can check out the details of this in the post. Solving this subgame for any value of D super 1 reveals that the customer always buys when they really want the product, regardless of whether there is a discount. This knowledge makes it simpler to next compute the optimal strategy for the store. In contrast, in the EFG, the information sets prevent any proper subgames from being identified. Therefore, solving games using an MACID representation is often faster than using an EFG representation. Finally, we relate various forms of equilibrium concepts between MACIDs and EFGs. The most famous type of equilibrium is the Nash equilibrium, which occurs when no player can unilaterally improve the payoff. An important refinement of the Nash equilibrium is the subgame perfect equilibrium, which rules out non-credible threats by requiring that a Nash equilibrium is played in every subgame. An example of a non-credible threat in the store customer game 
would be the customer threatening, in quotes, the store to only buy at a discount. The threat is non-credible, since the best move for the customer is to buy the product even at full price if he really wants it. Interestingly, only the MACID version of subgame perfectness is able to rule such threats out, because only in the MACID is the customer's choice recognised as a proper subgame. Ultimately, we aim to use MACIDs to analyse incentives in multi-agent settings. With the above observations, we have put ourselves in position to develop a theory of multi-agent incentives that is properly connected to the broader game theory literature. Heading Software To help us with our research on CIDs and incentives, we've developed a Python library called PyCID, which offers a convenient syntax for defining CIDs and MACIDs, methods for computing optimal policies, Nash equilibria, de-separation, interventions, probability queries, incentive concepts, graphical criteria, and more, and random generation of CIDs or MACIDs and predefined examples. No setup is necessary, as the tutorial notebooks can be run and extended directly in the browser, thanks to Colab. We've also made available a latex package for drawing CIDs and have launched causalincentives.com as a place to collect links to the various papers and software that we're producing. Heading, looking ahead. Ultimately, we hope to contribute to a more careful understanding of how design, training and interaction shapes an agent's behaviour. We hope that a precise and broadly applicable language based on CIDs will enable clearer reasoning and communication on these issues, and facilitate a cumulative understanding of how to think about and design powerful AI systems. From this perspective, we find it encouraging that several other research groups have adopted CIDs to analyse the incentives of unambitious agents to break out of their box, explain uninfluenceable reward learning and clarifying its desirable properties, see also section 3.3 in the reward tampering paper, develop a novel framework to make agents indifferent to human interventions. We're currently pursuing several directions of further research, extending the general incentive concepts to multiple decisions and multiple agents, applying them to fairness and other AGI safety settings, analysing limitations that have been identified with work so far, firstly considering the issues raised by Armstrong and Gorman, and secondly looking at broader concepts than instrumental control incentives, as influence can also be incentivized as a side effect of an objective, and probing further at their philosophical foundations, and establishing a clearer semantics for decision and utility nodes. Hopefully we'll have more news to share soon. We would like to thank Neil Nanda, Zach Kenton, Sebastian Farquhar, Carolyn Ashurst, and Ramana Kumar, for helpful comments on drafts of this post. This was an audio version of Progress on Causal Influence Diagrams by Tom Everett et al. It's included as one of the core readings in the AGI Safety Fundamentals course. It was published on the 1st of July, 2021. This reading was by Perrin Walker and produced by Type 3 Audio.